welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also go to hitthatline.com and stream us live where you can also get great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, whatever it takes to get the Arkansas Razorbacks on your mind and in your living room, on your computer, on your phone, whatever it is. Check out hitthatline.com. We're going to be joined by Ross Dellinger of SI.com covering college football. He also used to cover LSU for the advocate there in Baton Rouge, so very familiar with the program. We'll talk to him about that. We'll also get into some fun things about Arkansas and Alabama, but that game was a few weeks ago. Well, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Don't worry. And then finally end with some nonsense here on the podcast. But before we do, folks, college football it's coming to an end, but that's okay because some of the best games happen towards the end of the season. Also, college basketball starting up, which is also pretty exciting, especially if you're a Razorback fan. And if you got to watch these games, which I know you all do, you got to do it with Sling TV. Get this. $30 a month, you get all the ESPN networks, Pac-12 network, SEC network, and so much more that you can stream it to your big screen and also your favorite mobile devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and you can get a free seven-day trial only exclusively offered on this Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You just go to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com, S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on to check it out, to get your free seven-day trial, and I promise you, you will not regret it. So, This is something that just popped up to me uh, to not want to say today, but just here in in the past couple of days where I've done some radio interviews with some people down in LSU, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, uh, also talked to a a national college football writer as well. And I haven't really talked to him much as the season has gone on, but since Arkansas is playing LSU, it seems more uh, official to be able to talk about some things. But one of the things that, and in fact, the thing that they brought up to me and asked me about every single one of them. How in the world did Arkansas score 31 points on LSU? Simple question. Because these are people that watched the Alabama-LSU game, saw LSU's offense, which isn't great by any means, but saw them not even get anything going and they got shut out. But they also saw Ole Miss's offense, which is a really good offense. Only scored seven points, and that was in garbage time late in the game. So they look at Arkansas's offense then. An offense that statistically doesn't look good. Hasn't scored a lot of points. Hasn't done really anything for you to get pumped about and say that, wow, this is, this is really turning around. But yet they scored 31 points against what could be college football's greatest team. And how, oh, how did they do it? Well, listen, if I'm if I'm going to be honest about it, because I'm going to tell you, the listeners, the same thing that I told the other three guys that I interviewed or was interviewed by in the past couple of days. The only thing I can chalk it up to is, one, Chad Morris had a great offensive plan against an Alabama defense that didn't care that much about Arkansas. That's it. Chad Morris had a really great plan against an Alabama defense that didn't care very much. And I think you can be complimentary to Arkansas and Chad Morris while also giving a little credit to Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Because Nick Saban 
was infuriated after his after that game about his defensive performance. Now they still scored over sixty points and beat Arkansas handedly, but he was not happy with the performance and the effort that his defense put out there on the field against Arkansas. But Chad Morris, no one felt great about because they got blown out. But there was at least some things you could hold your hang your hat on, and one of them was the fact that you scored thirty one points against a team that's not known for giving up a lot of points ever in any capacity. But I think that's how it was done. And when we were discussing this and they said, well, that makes sense. But man, you got to give it up to Chad Morris. And so I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? You do. This hasn't been a good year for Arkansas. They're 2-7. and seven. They have yet to win an SEC game. It's not good. But you know, there are moments. There are times when I look at some of these games, some of these drives, some of these game plans. And if you just look at that by itself, which I know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but just look at those by itself. And he makes me think that, you know what? Chad Morris really is a great offensive mind. Chad Morris really knows what he's doing. Because in that Alabama game, he had a great game plan, offensively at least. Defensively, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you could do against Alabama. They're going to work you. Two is going to work you. But offensively, Arkansas scored. It was 21 to 14 at one point. And Arkansas, if it wasn't for a fumble in the end zone there by Ty Story, they could have essentially tied it up. At least kept it into the game going into the second quarter. And it was all done, not because Alabama was just shooting themselves in the foot. Not because it was just Arkansas getting lucky. I mean, some breaks were falling their way. But a lot of it had to do with the fact that Chad Morris just knew some of Alabama's weaknesses. He knew that the screen game was going to be problematic. He knew that some play action, some really quick throws has been Alabama's bane of their existence for quite some time now. And it really worked out. Now, again, I'm not completely saying that Alabama was given their best effort because they weren't. That's just not true. But, but you got to give credit where credit is due. That's all I'm saying. And against LSU this weekend, who has another great defense, maybe Chad Morris, now that he's had two weeks to prepare, can go in with a great game plan. Can go in with a mindset and help this team develop a mindset that can be deadly. That can really cause some problems there for LSU. Not maybe beat them, but throw them off their game. Keep it competitive heading into the fourth quarter. Because Chad Morris has done it before against a great team that didn't take them too seriously. Can he do it again against LSU? An LSU team, after an Alabama loss, that may, just may, not be taking Arkansas too seriously either. I'm going to be joined by Ross Dellinger of SI.com here in just a second. First, though, we all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. And you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, 
Vivid Seats has it all. Again, download the app, enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Let's now go to the phone lines as we're now joined by Ross Dellinger, who writes for SI.com, is also very familiar with the LSU football program as he covered the Tigers there for many years. Ross, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Uh, we're doing well. We're trying to talk positively about a 2-7 and seven football team and the Arkansas Razorbacks every day, which is, can be quite challenging, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, but, uh, you know, they have a big game against LSU this weekend, and they've had, they're have they going off of a bye week. This game has always been a weird series between these two teams. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. So I'll just ask you this, and just when you covered LSU and you were close to Les Miles, and of course, at Orgeron, why is the reason that this game has always been close? close and Arkansas has found ways to win when really they had no business winning these games yeah it really has and I, I remember doing a story on that a couple of years ago and I was uh, on the LSU beat of kind of explaining why and uh, you know a lot of people chalk it up to Arkansas viewing this game um, in the way that it does and I think LSU viewing it the game in the way that it does I, I think Arkansas uh, we talked to a lot of people on both sides. Uh, you know, the, the Arkansas people view this game um, as, a, as a real rivalry game, um, as a kind of a battleground type game, um, like almost an, an in-state rivalry. And LSU, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to do that. And so the last few years, you know, I don't know, I, I, the last 12, 15 years, it seems like probably 70, 80% of the games have been one score games. And a lot of times the underdog, which usually is Arkansas ends up winning. And that, that's happened quite a bit. Uh, and I think it's a, a big part of it. Uh, if you talk to people on both sides is, is that one views this game just a little more seriously, I, I think than the other. Yeah, it certainly seems to be the case, but I guess it, I want to, I won't ask you to rank them, but as far as LSU and their rivals go, is Alabama number one, then Ole Miss number two? What what does that look like, and where does Arkansas rank as far as how LSU views them as the team that they care about the most beating every single year in the SEC West? Well, I think certainly Alabama and Ole Miss are the top two, and I, I you know a lot of people would put them in different orders, uh, probably in the '60s and '70s, even into the '80s. You'd have people saying absolutely Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is more the traditional rival for for LSU because Ole Miss and LSU battled in the 60s and 70s a lot of times with in the 50s with conference championship on the line, kind of like they battled re- somewhat recently with uh, with conference when Alabama and LSU play now. It's kind of the same. You know, you have that during the 2000s era. LSU and Alabama are playing for championships and develop this rivalry. Well, in the 1950s and 60s, that was LSU and Ole Miss. So I, I think fans would, would probably now say Alabama won, Ole Miss too, but it's either or. Uh, and, you know, from there, uh, there's kind of a, um, a manufactured rivalry a little bit with, with Texas A&M since they came into the league, uh, the SEC, kind of like Arkansas, I guess, and Missouri. They've kind of made that – the, the regular season ending, trying to kind of jumpstart that rivalry series a little bit. Uh, so I guess, you know, with Jimbo now at A&M, that is something that is probably going to be 
uh, just going to add a little more juice to that robbery. I'd probably, you know, put them at number three. Auburn might be at number three or four as well. I mean, you got to get down the line, I think, for LSU fans to say um, to, to put Arkansas. You know, um, mm-hmm. even Mississippi State. I think you know LSU and Mississippi State have played more times than than any other college football team. Uh, LSU's played Mississippi State more times than any other college football team. So. Uh, you know, yeah, it's down the line, man, and um, it, it's a, it, and I think that that's what a lot of times what goes into uh, the outcomes and the results of these games is is uh, Arkansas takes it takes it a little more seriously, and, and LSU doesn't doesn't view it as a necessarily as a big rivalry game. And I saw Ed Orgeron this past uh, week say that. You know, he was asked, "Do you view do you view Arkansas as a rival?" and uh, and, and he kind of he kind of shrugged it off a little bit, you know, and well, not really, or something like that. Speaking with Ross Dellinger, college football writer for SI.com right now on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Ross, another thing that I want to ask you about is John Chavis, because when he was hired as a defensive coordinator at Arkansas, it, nobody was pumped up and, and as a Razorback fan, but they at least said, okay, maybe he can improve on the defense a little bit. And statistically, that hasn't been the case this year. What do you think about John Chavis being the defensive coordinator at Arkansas? Do you feel like he needs some more time to get some players in, or are you one of those people that feel like it's, it's he's past his prime and he's not really going to recapture some of that magic he had at LSU and Tennessee? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Um, it, it, it's weird. You know, he's, uh, he's going to be playing LSU at his third different SEC school. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. He's had this life of – Kind of jumping around the league, and and uh, his yeah his last two stops have have not been real successful, and he's been gone from LSU for long enough now four years uh, that you know I, he hardly has any um, any kids on the team that played under him. I think you know you'd have to be a a redshirt senior, I believe, to have played under him. So John Battle, LSU's starting safety, would have played under Chief, but. Outside of that, you know, I don't think a whole lot of um, a whole lot of uh, kids did play under him, you know, and because his last year was 2014 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, se- yeah, there were some seniors, I guess, that played under him. But the connection is kind of fizzled a little bit. I, I was talking to a, a LSU beat writer this week, and I asked him if, if John Chavis's name came up at Monday's news conference with Ed Orgeron and. He said, "Not once did it come up. Not once did it even come up with interviewing players. So everybody's kind of. It's it just, I guess, you've gotten that. You know, you've, you've gotten that certain amount of time, that gap, and uh, I don't know. People just just don't uh, don't think about him as much as they did. You know, a couple of years ago when LSU and A&M would play, and and the big storyline was always, you know, John Chavis." Yeah, let me ask you about Ed Orgeron because I always root for the guy, man. Just watching him and hearing him talk, he's just such a such a likable guy. And going into this season at LSU, I felt like that there may have been a lot of pressure on him to perform at a high level. What do you think about the job he has done so far this year at LSU? And what do you think about the future for Ed Orgeron? Can he recapture some of the success that Les Miles and Nick Saban had by possibly winning a national championship or at least playing for one? Well, I, you know, I, I think when you look at uh, – the expectations preseason uh, at LSU, um, and you look at what they've done, it's it's been a remarkable year. I don't think anybody would have thought LSU would be at seven and two right now, having beaten 
uh, whatever it is, four, three or four top 25 teams and, and uh, be in the top 10 still in the CFP rankings. I don't think many would have thought that. But give Ed credit for some of the offseason moves that he made. You know, Ed gets criticism criticism for his maybe lack of you know being an offensive guy you know lack of offensive uh in the past and, and all that stuff but he's made some uh kind of what you might call college free agency moves during the offseason to really better his football team and and uh, he went out and i mean the biggest of which is probably getting the kicker that he did from the division two level um cole tracy who won them the auburn game with a late field goal and kicked i think he's kicked he's made at least four field goals maybe in three different games i mean against miami and mississippi state i think he at least he at least made four in each of those games i mean that, those are huge field goals in games that were just you know two touchdown wins so um that was a big addition in in getting joe burrow and i know joe has he hasn't been prolific um but he's been steady and he's a great leader and he's a guy that um while not putting up incredible numbers, is uh, is a guy that's that's uh, good with the football and a good replacement to, to Danny Etling, a, a, a very similar quarterback. And Ed went out and did that. And the, the, the third biggest thing he did this offseason involves a coach. Uh, for him to keep Dave Aranda on staff after Texas A&M came back with, you know, throwing some big money around to try to get Dave Aranda, LSU came – Came and, and, you know, Dave Randa makes $2.5 million a year. Ed Orgeron makes $3.5 million mm. a year. So I don't – a lot of coach, a lot of head coaches would probably uh, they'd probably step on their pride to, mm. to have an assistant make, uh, you know, 70%, 75% of their salary. Uh, but it didn't for Ed, you know, and, and that, that said something about them. So he, he made three offseason moves that, that have LSU in the position that they're in. Yeah, let me ask you about Alabama because our, obviously LSU played them this past weekend, lost twenty nine to nothing at home, and I actually discussed this on my show this morning. And just Alabama, I've never seen really a team like them. I've seen really good college football teams. I don't know if I'll say they're the best ever because they still have some season to play. But what do you make of this Alabama team specifically? This offense where they really can't be stopped by anybody, and they're so fun to watch because they make it look so easy against really good opponents. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I, I you know I think we might be looking at uh, the be- one of the best teams ever in college football history. Uh, it, it you know Nick Saban for for years at Alabama and then before that at at LSU he you know he obviously knows how to coach defense. He's a defensive guru. They always had incredible athletes, especially on the front seven, uh, just just freaks. And uh, so he's always had that. He's always had a physical you know bruising running game. Um, and you were just, in a way, kind of waiting for for Nick Saban to get get that prolific quarterback. Um, and he, he slowly has started switching into a spread system over the last three or four years with Lane Kiffin, and and now boom, you know he's got he's finally got the prolific quarterback. So we are seeing Nick Saban with the same aggressive physical defense that he's had for years, the same solid strong running game. Um, but now we're seeing him with a a spread offense, a, a, a incredibly dynamic receivers, and uh, a a dual threat, uh, prolific quarterback who who uh, can just make some incredible throws. Last one before I let you get out of here, Ross. Uh, Les Miles 
possibly to Kansas. I'm loving this rumor. I'm hoping that it has some legs. I know that athletic director Jeff Long up there, who used to be at Arkansas, has a relationship and a friendship with Les Miles. Is this what we need in college football? Do we need Les Miles back? And if he's going to be back, does it need to be at a place like Kansas? Well, it probably is going to have to be at a place like Kansas. You know, this is probably – in a lot of ways, some might say this is you know his last chance. It, it would be somewhere like this. Um, you'll remember his his first off season. Um, uh, you know, three months after LSU fired him, he interviewed at I believe four or five different schools and didn't get any of them. You know, Houston, Purdue, Minnesota. Um, so it's going to have to be at one of these type schools. And I mean, Kansas might be the, the worst Power Five job there is. And so when you're in that situation you this might be his last shot and i think we're a long way from from something happening officially um but there's no doubt that there's some wheels turning and and you know uh i don't i don't certainly have anybody at kansas i know and connections but obviously you know people like dennis dodd and bruce feldman do mm-hmm. my connection is with less uh still and so that i have that side of it and that side of it is as you'd expect it's there's there's some interest there and um, again, this this could be his last shot. So I think we're a ways away from something happening. Um, but I think there's there is some movement there. I think it is a possibility. Uh, certainly, I hope that is the case. We need just his entertainment and his quotes, if anything, back in college football. So it uh, certainly would be good to have him back in that regard. Ross Dellinger of SI.com covering college football. Really appreciate you joining us, Ross, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the football season. And we'll be catching up with you later down the road, my man. All right, sounds good. Thanks. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast. If I can say it right, it's been a rough day. I'm sorry, folks. Like it, subscribe to it on Google Play, on iTunes, on Spotify, on everything. Basically, if there's a podcast format, it's got it. So be sure to check it out. Make it happen. You can also follow me. Get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.